the Sports Talk with Devin Wade recap. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. What we think so far. Lakers, were they oversold? Welcome to the Sports Talk with Devin Wade briefcast. Welcome to another Sports Talk with Devin Wade podcast briefcast. These are the shows that we do in between our full-fledged episodes. If you have not had an opportunity to check those out, please do so. Go on iTunes, TuneIn, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or KTSUradio.com. Please like and subscribe and really become interactive, if you will. I would certainly appreciate that. And if you hadn't gotten a sense of the what we do for full episodes, go and check out several of them. And although they may be dated a little bit, I think you'll find enough humor and information in it to keep you entertained. And hopefully, like I said, if you found this briefcast, hey, this is just a snippet of what we like to do. And we have a, a cast of characters uh, that I call my special teams unit. Former NFL linebacker Eddie Robinson, the Silver Fox Kevin Allen, and Biscuit, uh, my brother Biscuit, Jordan Wade, and, and a number of other folks who are part of the Sports Talk with Devin Wade family. So uh, that being said, when I come to you in the briefcast, I only come to you on a couple of Topics. Of course, want to get into the NFL playoffs. And the other thing I want to get into are the coaching changes around the league and what does that mean for black coaches and sort of, I, I can't, I we won't get tremendously deep into that because I do want on a full episode to bring in a guest and to get involved and talk a little bit about that at length and take a, a little bit of different angle and at what we're looking at uh, when you look at all of the coaching changes. But first things first, want to remind you guys again, iTunes, KTSUradio.com, Stitcher, SoundCloud, TuneIn, all of those ways. Although TuneIn is sort of lagging behind just a little bit. So if, if they're not current episodes on there, just keep checking back. I'm, I know that this has been an ongoing issue. It's taking quite a while for new episodes to be loaded onto TuneIn, but I'll follow up on that. Also, very, very soon, we will have the website that will be a companion to this podcast and all of the other things that I am doing. Want to remind you guys, please, if you're on Facebook, on the Fa- Sports Talk with Devin Wade page or group on Facebook, please go to Twitter. Follow me on Twitter. That's actually my social media of choice. Now, I do Instagram and, of course, Facebook, but Twitter is hilarious, succinct, and it's just all, I mean, it is, uh, that's my, that's my thing. I love Twitter. A lot of hilarious stuff takes place and I try to chime in with my little, uh, my little quips here and there. So if you can be interactive, subscribe to these shows and download them, download them and, and take them, share them with friends. We really want to, uh, encourage you guys to do that so we'll have an indication when i hear from you guys i know we have had thousands of people that have come into contact and come into contact with the podcast uh that never reach out to me or never say well hey this is what we like this is what we don't like so i encourage you guys to do so now since the last episode i wanted to give my predictions on last week's divisional rounds in the NFL playoffs. I didn't get a chance to do that on the podcast, but as a matter of record, I've made, I've made my predictions known on my Houston show, KTSU Sports Talk, uh, this Saturday. Picked three games, I uh, picked four games, got three winners. I picked the Saints, I picked the Rams, 
I picked the Chiefs, and I picked the Chargers. And, and you know, the one common thread about these playoffs, the thing that has stood out the most to me so far is that really – as much as we talked about the NFL changing with these super – not gimmicky, but these wide-open offenses and and it's going to be like seven-on-seven seven and, and it, it, there's a changing of the guard in the NFL until you really look at how these playoffs are played and you're reminded of what playoff football is. You're talking about cold weather, bad weather in some cases. Uh, when you had snow, it wasn't too, too bad in Kansas City, but it comes down to things that we've always said, what I've always been taught, what's always seemingly played out, is that the playoffs are about being able to run the football and play defense. And these teams, that bared out in a big-time way over the weekend. Let's start with the New England Patriots. Now, a lot of people can call me a hater, and I'm, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of New England, but you, you just have to say, man, they have the GOAT, the greatest of all time, and I'm talking about Bill Belichick. Now, this team looked old. They, they kind of limped their way through the latter part of the season. You thought defensively they had points of the season where defensively they just looked as bad as they ever have. Tom Brady's numbers have been down, and he's starting to look a little bit older, and people are starting to talk about that. In comes a feisty defense firing off on all cylinders, doing work. You think, okay, hey, the Chargers, they may be able to come in and do this thing. I thought they could. I just didn't, you know, they just, nothing about New England. And, and I got tired of the cliche, you never bet against New England. You never bet against New England. Well, yeah, you can bet against New England sometimes, but it's hard to bet against them at home, and that's exactly what we saw. And I'll tell you what, Bill Belichick, the game plan that he came up with, it, it, it just he just played some smash-mouth football. You look at what Sonny Michelle was able to do. He ran for 129 yards, had three touchdowns. Uh, you look at Edelman. Edelman put up nice numbers. It was just a beatdown from beginning to end. And really, what happened to the Los Angeles or Sandy, I've been saying San Diego, the Los Angeles Chargers in this situation, they, okay, so they tied the game up with 456 remaining in the first quarter on a big Keenan Allen touchdown reception. And you say, okay, now we have a barn burner. Well, of course, the Patriots come right back down and score again on a seven play drive in, in three minutes, 21 seconds. And then they keep going, and they keep going. And it was methodical and continuous. And they just really went at them and exposed them. And it just it was just a genius performance. I'm not sure. And I, I'll have to tell you, I tuned out of the, on this game because I was so bitterly disappointed by the outcome. Uh, but I don't know how many passes Tom Brady actually threw over 15 yards. I mean, Edelman did work. And he, uh, Brady for his, uh, his efforts, 343 yards. But man, it was just all right there and everybody was open. It, I mean, I just, you just wonder what kind of, uh, deal that, what, you know, if the Patriots went to the crossroads, Robert Johnson made a deal with the devil. I've made that reference before, but it was witchcraft. It was just witchcraft. And of course, uh, uh, the Chargers came back in the second half, put up three touchdowns, but they were garbage touchdowns. The game had been determined, and it was such a discouraging situation for, uh, for a lot of folks who wanted to see some good football. The other games, 
uh, were pretty good games. Other, well, the Chiefs Indy game was another example. Mahomes, when you talk about those three quarterbacks uh, who started uh, for the first time in, the, in week one, wildcard weekend, people were saying, well, hey, this, this may catch up with Mahomes too. But again, they were able to run the football. And when you're able to run the football and play defense, Indy's offense just was out of sorts all day long. And really, Kansas City did to Indianapolis what Indianapolis did to Houston. And you, you in this constant state of catch up, and they couldn't get it going, and they were just dominated. T.Y. Hilton wasn't really healthy. Uh, they only had like four first downs in the first half, and all of them came on the last drive of the first half, and that was with under two minutes left, and they still didn't score. Even Adam, uh, Adam Vinatieri, you know, missing field goals, missing the uh, you know extra points. It was just a bad, funky day all around for the Colts, but they weren't really ready anyway i mean people got on that bandwagon and i think trending and looking forward they're trending up in that division i think in that division and you people can say i'm a hater again but i think the texans are going to have a tough time catching up in that uh in that division uh but we'll get more into that in the off season and we'll look at some moves but uh, i think the Colts are on their way up and who knows they could add a, a Le'Veon bell or they could ha- add a uh, Antonio Brown, or they can add another uh, important piece, a Kareem Hunt even. So, I mean, they can add some more pieces, but the great news about this season for the Colts is that it looks like Andrew Luck, I mean, it certainly is apparent that Aaron, that uh, Andrew Luck is back. And, and so that bodes well for them. And so Kansas City will host New England. And uh, towards the end of this briefcast, I don't know, should I give my, my prediction now, wait for a full-fledged episode i think i'll give it at the end of the briefcast let's turn to the nfc side i'll go over i'll take the Saints. let me go with the saints over the eagles first because i want to save dallas for last as always uh, you look at the situation where the saints came out and they they absolutely humiliated uh the eagles five six weeks ago however long it was in the regular season it was just embarrassing they were i mean they that was the signature celebratory victory for the saints they were dancing and i mean it was it was a party in the superdome uh that afternoon or evening i forget it was a nighttime game i feel like it was a primetime game i I, because i watched it Uh, it may not have been it may not it may have been a, a, a sunday afternoon game but anyway uh yeah they just obliterated them and of course you come in now nick Foles with all his magic dust and the cool thing about this matchup too by the way Two Austin Westlake quarterbacks. I mean, you know, you got to give it up for Texas high school football. Hashtag Texas high school football. And Austin Westlake, they've been doing work for years. Uh, but two Austin Westlake quarterbacks meeting in the divisional round of the NFC playoffs. So uh, that was a good thing. But the Magic wore off, and the Eagles certainly had opportunities. And that was, you know, you get kind of afraid. New Orleans, you know, bad things happen to them. And, I mean, hence the miracle, the Minnesota miracle, whatever they call uh, the uh, the Stephon Diggs play from last year. But I tell you what, a really gutsy kind of, uh, you know, when you dig your heels in kind of performance. Drew uh, Breeze threw for 300 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Kamara, Alvin Kamara had uh, 71 yards rushing, but it was the Michael Thomas show. 12 receptions, 171 yards, and a touchdown. But everybody is going to talk about that Tyson Hill fake 
uh, that fake punt. And, man, just think if that does not succeed. And that almost goes back to uh, the Super Bowl in which they did the onside kick the open, open the second half. Man, you talk about uh, that could have backfired and ended their season right there. And you got to give Sean Payton all the credit in the world. I, we talked about this on the Houston show. Man, what a gangster move for Sean Payton to bring in $200,000 in cash uh, last week and the and a Super Bowl ring and the Lombardi Trophy. That was just a gangster move. Uh, and it looked like it had no effect as they – I mean, it was quite scary there for the Saints for a while, trailing 14 nothing after the half. It was like, oh, my goodness. And you can kind of feel the tension in the Superdome. Um, but that's the team. And they, that sets up for an incredible – really, it's going to be a wonderful, a wonderful championship weekend. When you look at it, we all like upsets when they happen. But moving forward, we don't. Can you imagine if it would have been an Indianapolis Colts, uh, Chargers, AFC Championship in a 27,000-seat stadium? I was rooting for that. And I know that this NFL was going to move it probably if the Chargers had won. They had some contingencies, or at least that is what was talked about. But I tell you what, man, that would have put egg all over the face of the NFL because of all of these moves – which, again, I, I never think these things long-term are going to work out. Maybe the, the finances say otherwise. But I think you cannot, as a league, continue to leave behind and and really just sort of alienate really devoted fan bases. And we're going to see that with Oakland moving to Vegas. And, yeah, that's the flavor of the month or the flavor of the year or whatever. And they'll have some success because people can fly in and just check out a game. But where is the passion from? I, I don't know. I don't know a lot about Vegas. I know that you have some regular people there and there's a regular town away from the strip. But I, I just think when you take teams away from loyal fan base, and I get it. I mean, they want the stadiums and in California, they're not going to pay for them. The, the taxpayers are not going to fund those things. They'd rather go surfing and uh, do earthquake preparation or whatever they do. So uh, the Chargers leave San Diego, and I and many of my peers in the media continue to make uh, the mistake of calling them the San Diego Chargers. But I hate it for, uh, for San Diego, and I certainly hate it for, for, uh, for Oakland. Uh, but that's a story for another day. But, man, what a great weekend as we have a, a wonderful match, a couple of matchups. And that leaves me to last and least uh, the Dallas Cowboys. Now, I thought I worried about the Rams. I wor- uh, I, down the stretch, I have not been the biggest believer of the Los Angeles Rams. I thought that now their lack of a true number one receiver was sort of getting exposed. Uh, you have a guy like Robert Woods who – Hey, man, that's my dude. He's paid off for me in fantasy football all season long. So that that's my guy. So I don't want to knock him. And I, I heard Troy Aikman fawning all over him, calling him the best overall receiver in the NFL. Whatever, whatever. I don't know what that was about. But I thought some of those issues down the stretch hurt them because Gurley had not been 100%. Todd Gurley had not been 100%. Well, hey, they didn't have to lean too heavily on uh, those receivers. Cooper Cup out for the year, and I know they have Brandon Cooks, but again, these are not these are solid number two guys. But you, you think you might need that marquee guy? Although 
the New England Patriots are perpetually the exception to that rule, uh, except for when they had Randy Moss. But what they did was to just dominate and just rip the heart out of that Cowboys defense. And it just, it was never, it was never going to happen for the Cowboys. Uh, I mean, you look at, I, I tweeted this and we talk about me on Twitter. CJ, I said they made CJ Anderson look like OJ Anderson when he ran a, up the, against the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. Now that's ancient history, but look it up. Look at OJ Anderson and what he did in the Super Bowl. But that's what the, the Dallas Cowboys defense did uh, for CJ Anderson. I mean, 23 carries, uh, 123 yards, two touchdowns. Then on top of that, Gurley did his thing. 16 carries, 115 yards and a touchdown. They just dissected this team on the ground, and it took all the pressure off of Jerry Goff and Sean McVay kind of, you know, a lot of people were worried about him. And, oh, can he, you know, he blew it last year. Will he blow it again? Uh, I think, obviously, that is going to be a great game. But I want to get on the Dallas thing. Of course, being here in Houston, when you did the Dallas Cowboys are like, you just, I, I can't stand them. I just, I really, look, this goes to my childhood. I mean, this is deep. This is not made up. This is not manufactured. I hate the Dallas Cowboys. I hated the Dallas Cowboys. I hated Randy White. I hated Billy Joe Dupree. I'm, I try to think of, of, I hated Drew Pearson, Preston Pearson. I, I tried to give Robert Newhouse a pass because he went to the University of Houston and Lois Blackwell as well. Try to give him a pass. I, I, you know, I, I kind of liked Hollywood Anderson. No, I didn't like him either. I, I've since met him, uh, I met him. And I had, I had a chance, not a drink with him because he doesn't drink, but I had a chance to have a, a conversation with him, uh, with my boy Haywood Jeffries at the Super Bowl. Really, really, really good guy. He, he actually spent a couple years or a year or so here, uh, with the Oilers back in the day. But I don't like any of the Cowboys. I never have. Could not stand Tom Landry. I, it, that, there's no one that I liked. I always joke around and say it was T. Martin was my favorite or Gary Hogaboom. Uh, was my favorite Dallas Cowboy of all time. Can't stand them. Now, I, I have to say this. I don't hate Dak Prescott. I like Dak. I don't necessarily believe in him. And like is a strong word. And, man, those linebackers are really, really nice. I'll tell you what, man, that's going to be a, a good, good defense when uh, Vander Esch uh, and, and, I mean, I don't know what they're going to do with Sean Lee, but uh, he may be on his way out. And they have some work to do. But, again, Demarcus Lawrence, I think he's a free agent, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, they have some talent on the defensive side of the football. But they had their hearts ripped out of their chest the other day. And, additionally, that defensive front. And Dominican Sue did work the other day. Uh, he only had, like, seven tackles or something like that, uh, including, what, three? I think, no, he had – uh, three solo tackles. But I'm telling you what, they were very disruptive. And really, they, the run game could not get going. And, you know, everyone knows Dak is not going to beat you. And, you know, so while they were they were in the neighborhood, it just never felt like uh, they had an opportunity to me uh, in that game. Because really, like I said, uh, you know, they, were on, they lost by eight. But uh, like I said, Ezekiel Elliott, 47 yards rushing. And he did have a touchdown, but, uh, you know, I tell you what, man, it was a, uh, uh, it's a lot 
for the Cowboys to build on, but they can come back and blow this division because, you you know, that division is crazy anyway. The NFC East is just wild. But thankfully for me, we don't have to deal with another week of Dallas Cowboys talk. So uh, with that in mind, um, that's sort of a look at how things went, and I will give you my predictions. I am going to take the Chiefs. Got to go with New Orleans. Got to go with the home team. Uh, I think what they say that New England has not won a road playoff game since 2006, something like that, something ridiculous like that. And I, I, you almost can't bet against Bill Belichick, but I just hate for Eddie Robinson, who predicted this. He said he would take New England versus the field in the AFC, and and there he is on just on the cusp of that happening. But I'm going to say Mahomes is going to get revenge for that regular season loss in Foxborough, and I'm going to take the Chiefs. Damian Williams is the key for me, and I think obviously Travis Kelsey is going to have to do something. I'll have to keep an eye out for that weather. I think it's going to be bitterly, bitterly, bitterly cold uh, if the forecasts are correct. Things going to be really cold there, so we'll see how that impacts the game. But, hey, both of these are cold-weather teams, so uh, let's see what happens uh, in that situation. But I think Damian Williams is going to be a guy signature plays against a defense that, I I mean, they're increasingly playing better, but I don't know, man. We'll have to see how that goes. Um, but that's my pick. In New Orleans, I just think, man, those who that's, man, that, that who that nation, man, that – because they can run the ball and they can win with integrity, so to speak. I, you know, that's sort of crazy, but they can win with integrity. That means play defense and run. They don't have to depend on Drew Brees, but we know that if he has it in him to have huge, huge games. I worry about that game close down the stretch. It could go either way if it's close to the end, but I think New Orleans will be dancing quite a bit. And a lot of the New Orleans fans really want to get to New to uh, Atlanta where the Super Bowl is. So uh, you have that to look forward to. The other thing I wanted to talk about really quickly are uh, the state of the NFL head coaches. I mean, you look at some of this stuff, and it's just head-scratching with some of the, the coaching hires. And uh, what was it, five or six African-American uh, coaches were let go over uh, – I think five were let go – uh, this offseason and not one African-American got a head coaching position. And if you think about it, it can get to be a, a scary, scary situation. Because for a moment, just for a moment, I thought about the Kaepernick factor, the Colin Kaepernick factor and the, and the protest. I don't want to I don't want to be that cynical and I don't want to be I don't want to think that that can be true. But when you look at a situation where Matt LaFleur, he's never been a head coach, he goes from a really mediocre or average at best Tennessee Titans offensive coordinator position to get a head coaching job. I just, I don't, that one I don't get. But the worst, the worst is Cliff Kingsbury, fired from Texas Tech. Now you were 35 and 40 in the Big 12. The Big 12 is not the SEC. But you're 35 and 40 in the Big 12. You get fired. You get a job at USC. And look up and lo and behold, now you're the Arizona Cardinals head coach. It's it's crazy to me. And LaFleur, by the way, the Green Bay Packers new head coach. That's the team he took over with. 
I mean, I, I don't know. Is, is it his look? Does he because he looks like like a Hollywood star? I I, I really want to delve into this, and I think I want to take a uh, on a one hour full episode to, to sort of get into this one. But I just don't understand. The thinking behind this, yeah, we know, yeah, he coached Case Keenum and Baker Mayfield and Patrick Mahomes and, and, and you know, what was the other one? Um, there was one more uh, that he had. Uh, I'm trying to think. Case, Baker, uh, Mahomes, it was somebody else, uh, another quarterback uh, that he had come into contact with. And I just – oh, uh, Johnny Manziel, Johnny Football. That was the other one. But other than that, man <laughs> – you gonna give him your whole franchise, and then you have a guy like Fred, uh, Freddie Kitchens, who went from being like the running back coach. Now you're the head coach uh, with the Browns, and I guess that that makes a little bit of sense because he, I guess, he had this relationship with Baker Mayfield. But again, getting along with the quarterback, not getting along with the team. I don't believe in any of these uh, franchises. To be honest with you, when you talk about Cleveland, they're gonna screw it up. Arizona gives you – I think that can be a big train wreck. Usually Green Bay has been pretty consistent. We're doing okay with the – I mean, at least over the last little bit. But, you know, the fact that there were really good head coaches that did not get uh, – African-American head coaches that didn't uh, get an opportunity. Jim Caldwell, who did work in Indianapolis and was adequate and, and really solid. Shouldn't have gotten fired when he did at Detroit. Uh, he didn't get a shot. And then some of the other guys, uh, Chris Rashard, uh, he didn't get a shot because it doesn't look like – it looks like uh, uh, the, the last position in Cincinnati will be uh, given away and they'll have a head coach there. Uh, but Eric B. Enemy is another guy. Uh, and then, so, like I said, there were guys just – I don't know. I, I could see kind of Hugh. Hugh was a little too hot uh, as far as, you know, people – uh, too negative on him and the Baker Mayfield thing really, I think can hurt his image a little bit. And it's hard to go to a fan base and say, Hey, here's a guy who Baker Mayfield humiliated and he lost all of these games. We're ready to give him a chance. Uh, I can see where that could, that would not happen. Um, but again, he was a, a, a really nice offensive mind in the game. And I think he should get another shot. Not sure. Uh, what Marv Lewis wants to do yet, if he wants to get back in the game. And we'll have to see about some of the other uh, African-American candidates moving forward but, and what that's, what this means. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit further in a full episode. But with that, want to wrap up this briefcast. want to thank you guys for listening again. Hit me up on social media. And I think we're going to have a Tuesday or a Wednesday, every single Tuesday or Wednesday, one of those days. Hadn't decided yet. It's probably be Wednesday. For sure, every Tuesday or Wednesday, we will have a new episode moving forward, in addition to whatever else we do. I think I'll be doing more briefs, but Tuesdays or Wednesdays, we'll definitely have some. So I want to give you guys sort of a uh, an opportunity to know when to look for uh, new material from us. Let me know what you think. Hey, enjoy Championship Sunday, and uh, we'll talk to you before then, I hope, and I'm thinking for sure that we will. Uh, But until next time, as always, have a great day.
radio's nose Cause I'm a supercalifragilisticexpo I gave a oopsie, lazy, now you got the crazy Crazy with the books, googly goo, where's the gravy? So one, two, um, buckle my, um, shoe, yabba-doo Hibbity-hoo, crack-a-boo, so trick-a-treat